Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life. Glad you're joining us on the show today that's all about spiritual direction, giving and receiving a bit of hope and inspiration for continuing to grow in our Catholic faith today. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond again, and if you're interested, you can listen to podcasted interviews from my weekly relevant radio show called Practicing Catholic by visiting practicingcatholicshow.com. You know, one of the many things I love about our Lord Jesus is that he uses all sorts of illustrations from creation in his teaching. And today's Mass reading is a great example of that. He describes himself as the vine, his father as the vine grower, and his disciples, including you and me, as the branches. And he uses this analogy to encourage us, as the branches, to remain in him the vine. Well, what does that mean to remain in Christ, to remain in Jesus, and how do we do that? That's what we're going to be talking about here on the show today. Let's say hello to our spiritual director. Father Robert Blood is a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, and the spiritual director at St. Edward High School in Elgin, Illinois. Father Blood, good to have you with us. Wonderful. How are we doing? Yeah, doing well. And you're in studio, too, which is fantastic. I am. What a blessing. Yeah, it's great to have you in studio. Yeah, it's always good to to chat with somebody there. And as Nick, our producer, says, we don't have to worry about uh, outside connections that way. So, yeah, very good. Uh, well, let's start out um, with that with that scripture reading, Father. Um, this is what we hear today from John chapter 15, that, that uh, Jesus is the true vine, his father's the vine grower, we are the branches, and we're to remain in him. Uh, just expand on that a little bit more. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I, I would say sometimes the agricultural parables come up, and I'm no farmer, right? Uh, but, <laughs> right. But this is one that I find accessible because uh, we kind of zoom out and, and just say, where's the source of life? Mm-hmm. If we ask that question of, of ourselves, what, what's your source of life? What, what gives you life? Obviously, God, but even day to day, what brings you life? And I think the Lord is reminding us that uh, we have to be with him. The farther we uh, are from him, the less life that we're really experiencing. Mm-hmm. And what I love about the scripture is it, it also keeps in context the Father, how often that Jesus kind of points us back to the Father. The Father is the gardener, the vine uh, grower. I'm the vine, and from me, uh, you might go forth and bear fruit. Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot of those steps there, right? Uh, do, yeah. we, do we know the Father? Do we know the vine? Uh, and how are we doing in our own growth? Right. I, I like, too, how it, it um, it's just so obvious to me, like you said, it's accessible in that, yeah, a branch that is separated from the vine. I mean, I think we all can can imagine this, even if we're not uh, vintners or, you know, growing growing grapes ourselves or anything like this, that we're, we're seeing, we can see just from, well, tree branches that fall, for one thing, that, that come off the tree. 
they die pretty quickly. I mean, there's there's a there's an obvious uh, connection there. So it is, as you say, very accessible, and uh, that's one of the th- reasons why he just encourages us, like you said, to remain on the vine or in the vine. But uh, what what does that mean? I mean, uh, it's easy enough to think about. Well, yeah, I know what this means, but what does that mean in the practical, in the everyday of our Christian lives? Yeah, I, I think what helps to to kind of make it practical is to ask the question: Where did Jesus have this conversation? It was in the Last Supper uh, dialogue, sort of. He washed the feet of the apostles, and then he begins to give them the basics of what's needed because he soon won't be with them anymore. And with that, um, he's telling the apostles, stay close to me, stay so close to my mission. And from there, uh, you're going to experience the sort of freedom and fullness that we've been talking about. And so practically in our own lives, to remain with Christ, I think sometimes looks like sinking our feet deep into the place we are. A lot of life moves quickly. Often we're feeling the pressure to run here, run there, do this, do that, try to keep the plate spinning. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I think the Lord is inviting us to just slow down and really just enter into that place with Jesus. The plates are going to fall. It's going to be okay. If we're with Christ, even in the midst of temptation, pain, suffering, sin, it's going to be okay. And Mm -hmm. we won't be separated from that father that we love. Yeah, and another another line that's there in the reading, Father, is is uh, apart from me. In other words, apart from Jesus, he's saying this. He says, "You can do nothing." And I think that ties in well with what you were just saying. Is that that you know we do expend a lot of energy and effort uh, to keep the plate spinning, as you were saying, and and there's just this. I think as that grows over the course of one's life and and maybe as more and more responsibilities are piled on you, whether it be from your work, from your uh, spouse or family, your children, certainly, uh, there's all sorts of things that we need to keep spinning. And we start to get this idea that this all depends on me. And if I were to fall, if I were to fall or if I were to take my eyes off of what I was doing, even for a moment, it's all going to come crashing down. But that's not what I'm hearing you say. No, I... I think even in the midst of the things crashing, if we realize that we're following the path of the Lord, we have a sort of deeper hope. Any success we have is because of the Lord, right? As the gospel says, without him, you can do nothing. And so the successes we have, we turn to him in gratitude because it takes the pressure off Mm -hmm. to realize that, you know, even if I did everything perfectly, I'm still going to end up unimpressed and exhausted because if I'm doing it alone, I'm not actually doing what I was created for. I might not actually be doing what I'm being called to do. And there's an emptiness there. Sometimes the Lord is asking something different uh, than maybe we're running towards. And there's no shame in that, but we have to remain in that dialogue, continue to have that conversation with Jesus because if the conversation stops or slows down or gets muddled, we're going to find ourselves lost. And, And that's the goal to remain in that relationship, because that's where we're fed and, and that's where we're, we're guided. Right, right. And uh, you, you mentioned the word conversation there, too. And I note that uh, a little bit uh, later on in the reading in verse 7, uh, Jesus says that if you remain in me, and he uses, he says, my words remain in you. Um, so that's, that's I guess, the, the next question is, well, what, is, what does that mean particularly? What, what, what are we needing to do in order to have Christ's words remain in us? 
listen. Uh, this, <laughs> Excuse me, what? <laughs> yeah. This weekend I was reflecting on the, um, the life of the apostles, and to some level I have a little bit of jealousy of the apostles because they can point to, I walked with Jesus, I saw miracles, I heard him preach, and we can make a division and say they've experienced this radical presence of Christ, and we're like 2,000 years warmed over. It can feel like, yeah, I mean, I hear about Jesus. I learn about Jesus. I know about the miracles. Maybe we've even experienced a little bit of the hand of God at work. But I wish that I had that kind of an encounter that the apostles did. Mm-hmm. And yet, in so many ways, the Lord has allowed us to have tangible ways to hear his word, especially through the scriptures, to be able to dive deep into these these words of the Lord and say, this is really the activity of God but also uh, through the Mass, to see and experience the real presence of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So when, when you know the, the priest is offering the Eucharistic prayer to realize that this is really Christ offering himself to me. This is, this is a real and true thing. Um, that's the, the sort of words that I think are worth clinging to. Yeah. Because those are the words that are not going to leave us empty or confused, are the words that allow us to keep coming back and reminding us that I'm not alone anymore. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and that's a that's an encouragement that we need. <clears throat> well, certainly each and every day, but if not each and every moment, right? We need to know that we are not alone, uh, especially if we are striving and seeking after. Well, we all need it, but I'm thinking specifically that um, if we're striving to follow after Christ, um, it can even then it can be a. a something that we have to be intentional about reminding ourselves, right? That we are not alone in this. In fact, that we are, we are not the master. We are, we are the disciples, right? We are the, we are the students to his teacher and uh, we are the, the recipients of all of his goodness and grace. So that's a, that's a wonderful picture. We're talking today here on The Inner Life about remaining in Christ. So is there a specifically, is there a specific way that you've been perhaps tempted to not remain in Christ? Have you seen that in your life? Uh, is is there a way that when you find yourselves in those situations that you have of turning back to the Lord? Or do you have great tried and true ways of remaining in Christ uh, from the, you know, from the wonderfully profound to the basic, sim- basic simple, if from the uh, more theological and philosophical to the practical. If you have things to share, please join the conversation. Help to inspire others by what you have uh, experienced and lived by giving us a call here on The Inner Life, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. You can always send us an email as well if you prefer, innerlife at relevantradio.com. So, Father Blood, we're um, as we're talking about remaining in Christ, uh, let's talk about what happens when we don't. First of all, um, what are some of the things that can come in as temptations to draw us away from remaining in Christ? I think sometimes it's a gradual happenstance. Not often do we have a 180 turn where one day I get up and, and I'm, I'm on board with what the Lord is asking of me, and the next day I just decide, you know, mm. it's not worth it anymore. Often it's a sort of uh, step-by-step process of just allowing ourselves to drift from him. Maybe the first thing that goes is I had a habit of prayer and, and I've allowed that to kind of cool down. Uh, maybe I had a solid community and and then I've kind of, uh, well, I don't want to go to Bible study on Wednesday. I'm tired, right? And and little things start to happen where we, we drift a little bit from the source. Not saying that all those things right have to look the same every day, but I think habits are important. Yeah. And then from that... Maybe we get challenged with the teaching of the church. Oh, this is a hard teaching. Mm-hmm. Or we have somebody in our life who 
um, doesn't agree with something that, that we believe as, as Christians. And then we get challenged there. And, and, and the more we have those little challenges thrown at us, the easier it is to say, I don't know if it's worth the fight. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, that linchpin is what we've been talking about, right? Yeah. Did I remain in conversation with the Lord at that moment or did I try to handle it and then realize I'm ill-equipped and run? Mm-hmm. That's a it's a great point, and I love the point that it is uh, that it is a, a gradual. It most oftentimes, at least, is a gradual process. Certainly, it's been that way in my own life. When uh, when I find myself straying further and further from the Lord, then I I, rec- I look back on it later, and I find that yeah, this wasn't a this wasn't a, a one eighty turnaround like you said from one day to the next, but it was just a. Just a great, uh, it was a, a gradual process, one step at a time, um, that that I fell away and found myself doing things that I wasn't too proud of. Well, let's take a phone call, Father. We've got Patrick calling in from Trenton, New Jersey. Patrick, welcome to The Inner Life. I thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, yes, so I get so busy at work, like, every day, and um, I'm, like, 60 hours a week, literally, and um, the, the best way I could I could continue to stay close is by listening to you guys and listening to relevant radio. And like every time I turn it on, this is that thing I needed to hear, and, and it kind of tells me that I'm still on the right track. And it just you know keep going. I love that. Even to just have uh, even media, right? I, I know that that source of media, relevant radio, is going to be a good source for me to just drink deep. Uh, from to just to continue to keep your radio dialed on that so when you start your car back up you're immediately refocused back on what the lord is asking so that's that's a gift yeah and thanks for the thanks for the the plug there patrick it's it's good to know that, that you are listening to relevant radio and indeed uh that is a great way of of staying close to the lord and being encouraged and inspired in your faith which is exactly not what we just try to do here on the inner life but also uh also in every show that we have on the air, right? That's our, that's our point, bringing Christ to the world through the media. Patrick, let me ask you before we let you go, um, uh, any particular things that you've heard or learned over the, over the course of listening to the radio that uh, have stuck with you? Um, I, th- I think the, uh, the, the main thing is, is kind of focusing on my, on my strengths and, and give God all my weaknesses. And, um, and just kind of loving the poor really helped me help helped me a lot drawing closer and, and, and doing things for people that are just not accepted in the society today. It kind of uh, that part kind of really I could feel the Holy Spirit just kind of constantly you know turning um, in me. Yeah, and I love that focus on the poor. I think it's Thomas Aquinas says that zeal is a natural effect of charity. So when we do charitable works, there's a natural response of zeal and excitement in the faith that kind of keeps that fire rolling. So that's a a wonderful example for us, Patrick. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Patrick. Appreciate the call, and uh, we'll we'll pray for you that you work you you make your way through this sixty hour work week. Uh, yeah, with the uh, with the strength of the, that the Lord provides. So thank you for calling in. Yeah. So. Um, we started talking about the temptations that draw us away, and you were saying, Father, how it is oftentimes just a, a gradual falling away, um, and that it's not necessarily something that just kind of hits us. But, you know, there's we all, I would imagine, uh, everyone listening to the program have either, maybe they're struggling right now, maybe, they're, maybe they've are maybe they fallen away from the church, maybe they don't attend Mass anymore, uh, or at least we all know somebody who that has happened to. So with that being the case— I mean, um, where are we in terms of getting back 
with Christ. I mean, um, making that turnaround in the other direction and, and coming back into his embrace. I think step one is always honesty. So if you're someone who's struggling, to be honest about that, to say, you know, I once uh, was more filled with life and joy and happiness and peace than I am right now, and that's okay. Right? To, to be able to name that in a, in a human way, in a non-shameful way, you know, I've, I've wandered, I've searched, and I want to go back to where I felt full. Uh, because I, I think there's a tendency to want to wanna, like, hide from our weakness, to say, ah, I'm fine. I, I don't care. It's okay. I'm, I'm okay. And the more we do that, the further we drift, because, again, we're out on an island. But to be able to say, I'm actually struggling. This is a real thing I'm experiencing. And then asking the question, what's step one? Mm-hmm. Not not just where do I hope to be in five years, right? Where where do I hope to be eventually? But to say, what can I do today? Maybe yeah. it's after work, I'm going to take a five-minute walk and just talk to the Lord. That's it, yeah. five minutes. It's simple. But but first, that honesty, I think, is crucial. And, and the same with uh, if there's somebody in our life who's experiencing that difficulty. They feel far from the Lord or have maybe tried to sever themselves from the vine. To be able to have a real conversation, mm-hmm. you seem tired seems like life is hard right now. Do you want to talk about that? And maybe they do and maybe they don't, but we only have step one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, it's a great place to be and, and to be honest about that. I, f- I find, again, looking at my own life, I find that, uh, you know, when I'm, when I find myself that I'm kind of straying from the Lord, or at least, you know, in certain areas of my life, I've kind of reengaged a, a sort of selfishness and I'm, I'm doing, even if it's only for a few moments a day, right, I'm doing what I want to do and not what I know that I'm called to do, um, whether that's, you know, whether it's inherently sinful or not. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Um, still, even in those moments, I find myself, well, kind of like Adam and Eve, quite frankly, I want to hide from the Lord. Um, but interestingly enough, in the Genesis narrative, of course, it's God who analogically speaking, but God who comes looking for them, right? And so does is Jesus, that's an obvious question, I suppose, but how is Jesus always present to us? Or maybe that's one of the things we need to remember is that Jesus is always present to us, even as you've already said, even in the midst of struggles, uh, sufferings, temptations, sins, things like that, that he is still present, yeah? Yeah, when, when we pray, who's the first person who spoke? Well, the Lord. The Lord is the one that calls us into prayer. And so what I love about that that idea or that image with Adam and Eve is uh, that God didn't just shine the light and start naming and condemning, right? He could have. <laughs> but it was a gradual sort of, where are you? Right? He asked the question and he allowed them that opportunity to, to show themselves. And eventually he came to them. But um, I think the same is true in, in our struggles and in our difficulty. The Lord is not... Uh, going to jump around a corner and start screaming. He, instead, he is gradually drawing nearer to us and, and calling us to draw near to him. And so no matter where we find ourselves, no matter how far, even just to, to pray the name of Jesus, Jesus, wow. you're here. I know that you're here. Even though I'm struggling with faith, I want to believe that you're here. And so I say it, Jesus, you are here. Mm-hmm. That That's possible, right? And, and that is a game changer. And it might seem so simple or so small, but in the midst of, of wandering, sometimes we just need to know, my friend is here. And I think that's a great place to start. 
Oh, man. Right. Yeah. Oof. So many good things. We're talking today about remaining in Christ, uh, taken from our mass reading today of Jesus being the vine, the Father being the gardener or the vine grower, and we as the disciples, as his followers, being the branches on that vine. Do you have ways that have worked really well for you in remaining in Christ amongst your, you know, in the midst of, as Patrick, in, as his call um, says, you know, in the midst of your, in your midst of your busy lives, do you have ways of remaining with Christ? Do you have ways of coming back to Christ? Have you wandered yourself and found your way back? What was that experience like for you? We'd love to hear about it. Give us a call, 888-914-9149. The number here is 888-914-9149. We'll be right back with more with Remaining in Christ with Father Blood right after this. We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com slash Forrester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life. So glad you joined us. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond, and we are speaking today about remaining in Christ, taken from our Mass reading for the day today, and our spiritual director is Father Robert Blood from the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, the spiritual director at St. Edward High School in Elgin. Well, Father, um, one of the things as we're talking about uh, what it what it takes to fall away um, from the Lord and not remaining in Christ and what it takes to come back. I mean, obviously the sacraments uh, are, are part and parcel to what it means to follow Jesus. It is, it is our, our access into him, most especially the Eucharist, of course. But you know, what's going through my mind is confession specifically. Now, obviously you're a confessor and um, I know that, uh, well, let's start with, it seems like one of the things that can easily start to get people on the track maybe not remaining in Christ is to stop going to confession. Am I right about that? You are very right. And and sometimes it's, you know, my sins aren't that big. What's the big deal? Uh, sometimes it's a fear that my sins are huge. They're too big. I can't go to confession. I'm embarrassed, right? So it could be somewhere on that spectrum. But anytime we're actively avoiding sacramental grace, we're probably not in a great spot, to be honest. Uh, so that's something to note and then say, I'm going to make an effort uh, to go. Maybe it's a Saturday afternoon in your parish, but just to make the decision, I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to go. And from that, we can make some practical steps with examination of conscience. But even if you just tell Father, you get the confessional, you know, it's been a while. Uh, here are the things that I'm really struggling with. And to be honest, Father, I'm not feeling it right now. Mm. And hopefully, Father can give some, some some particular advice for your struggles, and and maybe give some advice on on how you can uh, maybe take that step towards being a little more fulfilled. Now, and that's kind of what I wanted to draw out of from you too, Father. Is that it? It seems that even with mature, um, you know, Catholics who have been living the life for a long time, but you know, if they if they find themselves even, I mean, there can even be some reticence, as you were saying before, especially if there's been some. Uh, some rather remarkable sin in their life uh, to return to the sacrament. You feel you feel nervous about it. You feel like I, I don't want to do this. Kind of like I, I always uh, liken it in my own mind, anyway, about like going to the dentist. I know it's something I got to do, but you know, I, I don't I don't really want to. 
And but that's but I think one of the things that is always a comfort to me is recognizing what confession is all about. That it's not about Jesus waiting there for me, and then uh, I have to come to Him and I have to tell Him all the bad things that I've done, and then He kind of scolds me for a moment, and then uh, then He kind of reluctantly offers forgiveness, right, or absolution. So, what is it really, especially from the perspective of a confessor? One of the things I tell my high school students, um, I'm, a, I'm a chaplain at high school, is uh, your sin is unimpressive. It doesn't matter what sins you, you think are special and amazing and you're going to shock me. We all struggle with sin, and, and frankly, there's a lot of overlap. So when you come to the box with, with the sins that you're carrying, we're not going to be surprised. Mm. Uh, that's not the impressive part of the sacrament. What's impressive is no matter what has bound you up, no matter what has chained you down, when you leave the box, you're no longer chained. Mm. That's impressive, and that's memorable. Right. And and I, our former bishop from my diocese, Bishop Doran, used to say, it's, it's Jesus putting his hand out in friendship, just saying, take it. It's that moment where Jesus says, I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I love you anyway. And now I want to give you, in a deep and real way, my life. Mm-hmm. I want to share with you all the things that are inside of me, this grace and mercy, and I want to pour it out on you and make you a new creation. So it's right. less about what you did before you came to the confessional and more about what the Lord is going to do moving forward. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm even struck by uh, what you were saying before about when we pray, of course, it is the Lord who is drawing us into prayer. And that's one of the things I, I try to, you know, that if I'm struggling to pluck up my courage to get into the confessional or something like that, that's one of the things I continue to remind myself of anyway, is that, you know what, even the smallest hint that I should go to confession, and it's, I even struggle to use the word should in that context, that I need to go to confession or that this is be something good for me, um, that is a gift from the Lord in and of itself, right? I mean, it's Jesus who's drawing me into and his great love, not his desire to scold me. And if it's been a year it's been 10 years, or if it's been a month, going to confession is going to help us take future steps forward. So somebody who has been, you know, 10 years, you got a lot of stuff that you're carrying and the Lord wants to unburden you. But the same is true. Let's say you're, you're a faithful Catholic. You're doing all the things you're supposed to be doing, but, but maybe confession's that stumbling block for you. Mm-hmm. We can kind of make a shift in our mind and say, a phrase I might use is just kind of off the cuff. It's like a tune-up confession. Right? There's nothing wrong, big time, right? You're not getting a new radiator, but uh, <laughs> it might help us kind of tighten the screws to say, okay, I know that I have a problem with anger. I haven't lashed out on anybody in the last month, but I sure have felt a lot of resentment and a lot of anger. Yeah. So I'm going to go to confession and, and with Father and the Lord, we can work through and say, what causes that? Maybe it's as simple as I didn't get a good night's sleep, or maybe I haven't been honest with my coworkers so that we can work together as a team and it builds up. Those little practical things do make a difference in the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes confession is an opportunity to get all the things on the table and from then uh, learn what it, is the, 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 what it is the Lord is calling us out of and calling us into. Yeah, and and that's a I love that picture of of confession of being this place where we are unbound that we are you know we are in that place where we are set free and that's uh, that's something I I'll always remember um, so I'm a convert to the Catholic faith myself and I uh, if you know I 
had 38 years of sins um, because I was validly baptized as an infant, and it was I was 38 years old when I came into the church, and so I was going through my life in a pretty extensive examination of conscience. And uh, I I will never forget, well, of course, the, the feeling that I had, but of course, feelings aren't necessarily reliable in, in recognizing the Lord's grace, so we got to be careful about that. But nonetheless, there was this tremendous feeling exiting the confessional uh, about uh, freedom, like you said, of, of being uh, set free. And then uh, my uh, RCIA director said to me, well, back to baptismal purity. I was just like blown wow. away by that. Uh, that was that was huge. Let's uh, let's take another phone call, Father. We've got Nick who's calling in from right there in Chicago. Nick, welcome to the Inner Life. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I'd like to share just a, an experience that happened to me uh, yesterday morning. Um, since my uh, my seventh child um, was born, maybe four or five weeks five weeks ago. Uh, I was in a, a, a real darkness, um, just suffering mentally, physically, illness. I, I had strayed. I, I was in mortal sin through that time. Um, and yesterday I woke up <clears throat> with just an intense desire to go to confession. And uh, it, I went to a church by where I worked, um, they have daily confession, and I don't know the priest. I didn't really know that parish, but um, I passed by the the priest in the narthex um, as I was going to stand in line. And then when it was my turn in the confessional, I, uh, I began confessing and told the priest of the darkness that had come upon me recently. And he said as I passed by him, he had noticed and felt or seen there was a wicked spirit that had attached itself or was tormenting me. Um, and through absolution and a prayer of deliverance, I can't even explain the, just the relief, the lightness, the, I can, it's just an amazing experience that I went through. Um, I'm just, very grateful. Yeah, that's that's beautiful, and especially that the Holy Spirit would provide the place, provide the person. All coming, you had that desire. You had that desire this morning uh, to go, and then each step of the way, uh, the Lord provided what you needed. And I, I think that's a powerful, a powerful happenstance, right? We we name the desire, we say the prayer, and and the Lord continues to to help us make the steps. Yeah, it's a powerful story, Nick, and and it's a great reminder to all of us that uh, however long it's been, um, there's always that invitation. There's always that invitation to come back and to to experience that in the confessional and uh, uh, just to know that the Holy Spirit is still in the business of of forgiving sin, of setting people free, 
of giving us that sense of, of lightness. So God bless you, Nick. Thank you so much for the call. We're very appreciative of that. If you have a way that you have uh, returned to remaining in Christ, or if you have practices in your own life that keep you uh, attached, <laughs> keep you remaining in Christ, please give us a call. Join the conversation. Let us know. Inspire others, listeners. Our number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Father, I'm also aware that one of the great influences in my own life when it comes to uh, staying or remaining in Christ uh, and also, if uh, I should should stray, then coming back to Christ and to remain with him again, are the friends, the community that is around me. They're very um, supportive. Um, what what is the role of friends of community uh, in this type of situation? I think it's crucial. A lot of folks will come to me and say, "Father, I need spiritual direction." I said, "Okay, we'll meet." We start talking, and, and I ask the question, "What is it that you desire out of spiritual direction?" And oftentimes, whether they can name it or not, the number one thing they need is just to be heard. They don't really need advice. They don't even really need kind of guidance. They just need to be able to get out all of the things that they're feeling. And I think that's a, a huge part of friendship. Even go, before going to like a spiritual director and trying to find somebody on the outside to say, who are the people in my community that I could actually be honest with and say, this is what I'm experiencing? Mm-hmm. Um, makes me think of um, certain times in my life where I've watched friends wander and then you, you try and put your hand out and bring them back and, and sometimes they take it and sometimes they don't. And, and other times... You watch people cut themselves off entirely from their community. That's a scary thing mm-hmm. uh, f- for both the person who cuts themselves off and for the friend who is still attached to the, the vine. Um, and so I think we have to be delicate in these situations and realize that we're not the Savior. We are not the one who can do it all. But what we can do is try and be that sturdy shelter that the scriptures talk about. So how do we do that, right? To ask the questions, to listen, um, to remain with Christ. And so when that friend who is wandering or running, they know that there is a place they can go back to. Mm. So even in our own private prayer, uh, remaining uh, steady so that they can see there is an example of somebody who held on and it seems like they have something that I'm missing. Yeah. Yeah, and if we are in that place of remaining in Christ, it, it strikes me that one of the things that we should be regularly doing is thinking through our, our friends, our family, our community, our parishes, about people that we know who, yeah, maybe we haven't seen in Mass for a while, or that we sense are maybe straying a bit or falling away from Christ. What what can we do and, and how do we approach that situation? Um, yeah, well, any practical words of advice there, Father? I mean, how, how do we approach our, friend, our own friends and our community to encourage them to return to Christ or to encourage them to remain in Christ? This morning I was thinking about, I, I took an ecology course in seminary and we talked about apples and you can't just bury apple seeds and grow the same kind of apple that you had. Mm-hmm. What they have to do is graft. So cut off a piece of a branch and then tie it back to a living tree. Uh, and from that, we're able to kind of grow that that Macintosh apple, we might say. And so I was thinking about the friends who I've watched leave the faith. And it's a real hardship. It's a, it's a real heaviness. Uh, and it can, it can feel like, well, they've cut themselves off. They want to be thrown into the fire, and that's on them, right? There's a certain anger or resentment we might experience, uh, but the Lord has not turned their 
turned his back on them. And so I think practically speaking, uh, what we're being invited to with the Lord is to love them anyway. Even though they're not in a place to support us in our spiritual needs, that doesn't mean we're being called to cut them off and walk away. Mm-hmm. But instead to say, well, now is the time where I'm being called uh, to be the sturdy one. Uh, so maybe it's practically praying for them every day to say, you know what? Every day I'm going to offer a Hail Mary for this person mm. for however long until the Lord says, okay, we're good. Or, you know, move on to somebody new. Or maybe it's, I'm going to write them a letter. It doesn't have to be all the time. Maybe it's a one-time thing to be able to write out how much you care about that person. Maybe write out the things that you notice or the places where you've met Christ in them. Hmm. Even if they're not in a place yet to receive that, they're going to have something tangible to go back to when they feel that call from the Lord. And to say, well, I couldn't receive that on that Tuesday it was sent, but it's been six months. I'm lonely. I'm afraid. And I want to go back to that person. Hmm. Yeah. Great advice, Father. Thank you for that. Our spiritual director today, Father Blood, from Elgin, Illinois. And uh, yeah, let's take another phone call, Father. We've got Bernadette, who's calling in from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Bernadette, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi. Thank you both for having me on. Um, I just have a quick question. Um, I don't know exactly how long it's been, uh, but I do know that it's been several years since my father has gone to confession. um, And I... I mean, I know I try to go as frequently as I can, even with a, a three-year-old. But, um, uh, yeah, I just want some advice how to encourage him um, and how to, you know, gently say, go to confession without, yeah, just saying, hey, you need to go to confession. Um, but, yeah, if you just have any recommendations about how I could approach that, um, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to find that balance between invitation versus being pushy. <laughs> I think I know that experience personally. It's kind of, well, I, I want to be able to share with them how important this is. And yet if we keep uh, being shot down, we can kind of be sad about that or we feel the heaviness. So one thing that I found that helps is to share your joy or your experience. Maybe you had a heavy week and you went to confession and and you felt that lightness. I had a, I had a breath with the Lord when I went to confession on Saturday. Uh, and just sharing those sort of moments of encounter because even if your dad doesn't respond right away, he does hear you. And so to realize that even those little moments of sharing the joy do make a difference. They're planting those seeds. And in time, maybe he will go. And, and maybe he'll go and you won't even know it. Right? It'll be something that he kind of goes off on his own and isn't something he boasts about or wants to talk about. But we trust that the Lord is working. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Absolutely, Bernadette. Thank you for calling in and, and asking. It's a great question. I mean, I, I think we all do have people in our lives who are, are that way and maybe haven't been to confession in a long time. Maybe, they, again, they've distanced themselves from the church in a variety of ways. But, uh, yeah, great suggestions uh, from Father Blood there, our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life as we're talking about remaining in Christ. If you have, maybe you've seen uh, somebody in your life, maybe you yourself were away from confession for a long time, and then you decided to go back, or this person that you know decided to go back. What was it that drew you back into the sacrament of confession, that drew you back into the church, uh, into full participation in the church and receiving the the grace, the love, the mercy, the peace of Christ. Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back right after this.
Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond today. My thanks to Nick Sendovich, who's producing our show for us today, and Thomas Engeser, who's taking your phone calls for us, and our spiritual director, Father Robert Blood, from the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, there at St. Edward High School in Elgin, Illinois. Uh, as we're talking about remaining in Christ, are there things that you have done, that you've factored into your life to, uh, to keep you remaining in Christ? What are those things? Call in. Share them with our listeners, 888-914-9149. Let's actually take a phone call, Father. We've got Anthony, who's been waiting patiently from Pahokee. Do I get that right, Anthony? Pahokee, Florida? Yes, Pahokee, Florida, yes. Wonderful. Thanks for your patience, Anthony. That's okay. Thank you for taking my call. I just want to say to Father Blood, uh, I know he he knows the statement, and uh, it helps me tremendously to get through my life. Jesus loves me, this I know. The Bible tells me so. I learned that from catechism when I was a little boy, and I carry it now, I'll be 80 years old, and I carry that statement. I just thought that might be helpful to, to your listeners. That's, be- that's beautiful. And, and to be able to hold on to the, the same sort of hopeful phrase for so long, and it still bears fruit. What a gift. Yes, sir. yes Father. And uh, I hope it shares it with the other people and the listeners that they can uh, have that faith. That, and I know there's many, many other things in the gospel that they can use, but that that really helped me. Uh, well, thank you so much, Anthony. That's right. Sometimes just the the simplest phrases can be the most profound, and, and especially at certain points in our life, right? So it's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful suggestion, Father. Um, I'm I'm here sitting here thinking that uh, it's some of the people that I know who um, have, for whatever reason, left the church or are at least struggling in their relationship with the church is that for whatever reason, um, they don't feel like they can trust the church anymore. And some of those are, you know, there's some really profound reasons why people, they feel that the trust has been broken with the church. And uh, I'm just wondering if you have any suggestions about how can people regain a trust in the church? Yeah, I think some of it is just time. Um, as a, as a priest, you know, I've been a priest for a few years and then as a seminarian for eight years, uh, you can become a little bit of a heat seeker. And so if somebody's struggling or doesn't trust the church, church or has been hurt by the church, um, I, I've heard a lot of stories and a lot of it is, is painful and it's sad and it's heavy. And, and I wish there was a silver bullet to kind of fix everything. And that's just not the case. Right. I think some of it is, is taking the time in prayer and to realize that individuals, uh, are sinful. Uh, and yet the bride of Christ is the place that we can call home. And and I find safety as a priest being obedient and humble in regards to my bishop. What my bishop desires for me is the voice of Christ in my life, and, and I find such hope in that. And maybe the same could be true in, in our conversation with the Lord, even the lay faithful to say, you know, what is the Lord asking of me? Well, he's asking me to attend Mass on Sundays. He's asking me to, to make a good confession when I'm in the state of mortal sin or before Easter. Um, he's inviting me into prayer in a daily way, and he's calling me to be charitable to my neighbor. Mm. None of those things um, seem overly challenging or um, mixed up in, in things that wouldn't be trustworthy. So maybe we focus on those things, the foundations of our faith, and a lot of the outside noise that causes us pain or causes us to ask questions or distrust to say, okay, we'll, we'll enter into those dialogues. We'll talk about those things, and that's important. 
but I'm not going to abandon those things that I know are foundational and are from Jesus mm. in order to have those conversations, right? We can kind of compartmentalize for a second and say, I don't want to run from the good just because I'm afraid of the bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, I, I, I go back to your initial statement there, Father, of time, and uh, that's that's uh, so true. And I think that that's one of the things, too, that uh, we who haven't uh, estranged ourselves from the church, that uh, they're, they're, we need to keep that in mind, right? That uh, we, we need to provide these people with the time that they need um, and to, to be there for them in whatever loving way we can be. And if, Let's take a... I'm sorry, go ahead, Father. Say, if, there's, if there's one thing I might add, it's it's sure. just if if you do struggle and, and the, having a hard time trusting the church, just know you still have a seat at the table. Yeah. I think sometimes folks might feel like I've been I've been cast aside or, or Father doesn't want to hear from me because I don't you know fit into his pretty little box. I, I just want to say that you do have a seat, you do have a voice, and and the church needs to hear from you because yeah. that's how we grow and that's how we heal. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Father. Let's take another phone call. We've got Michael who's calling in there from Elmhurst, Illinois. Michael, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you. Uh, I was wanted to see if you would uh, comment on uh, those that are stay away from the church. They haven't exactly lost their faith, but they, they stay away because of uh, habitual sin, that they're, they're, they're feeling guilty and they, they keep committing the same sin over and over again, uh, and uh, they just they just stay away from church and uh, from confession because they just feel as though they go and then they, they commit again and it just, it, they, they fall into despair. That was, so if you could comment on that, thank you. Bye. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's an uncommon experience. I would say, uh, staying away because that sort of frustration or fear of despair, um, is just going to start to, to become uh, a temptation to its own wandering. Uh, but instead maybe we, we decide I'm, I'm going to faithfully make an act of spiritual communion and then go to confession as often as I can. And and if that's something that's been a struggle for a long time, to maybe seek out Father in, in his, it, you know, outside of the confessional, say, Father, could I, could I meet with you? And maybe make a plan um, together of, of where when do we fall, when do we struggle? And then we can slowly make those steps together uh, because then I, I think if we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, or at least a light at the end of the tunnel, that gives us more hope and more openness to receive what the, the Lord is inviting us to in, in that sort of uh, time in, in the liturgy. Mm. Yeah, thanks for the call, Michael. That's, uh, that's I mean, you hit it. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know many sins that aren't habitual, whether we're talking venial or mortal, whatever. At least in my own experience, every time I get into the confessional, it's like a broken record. You know, it's, yeah, there's this and this and this and this. But at the same time, yeah, there's there's progress that can be made. And I've, I've experienced that through my own meetings with priests and that sort of thing, spiritual direction, that sort of thing. But, uh, but it is always, uh, it's a, it can be a struggle to find yourself going back to confession. And, um, yeah, if there's, if there's a sense of habitual sin there that you just can't seem to, to get yourself away from that, but that's a, uh, perhaps a topic for, uh, even a whole nother show. And we'll, we'll file that away. Nick will file that away for us. Um, we're talking about remaining in Christ. What does it take to remain in Christ? Do you have practices in your own life that uh, help keep you united to our Lord? Give us a call. Uh, join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Well, Father, when it comes to remaining in Christ, um, and especially as we're ending, ending the uh, or nearing the top of the hour here, um, I'm just thinking that might it might be a good idea to go back to what we started with, which was... Um, what do we receive? I mean, why? Wh- what benefit is there uh, to remaining in Christ? 
I think if we can overly simplify the faith, God became man that man might be made like God. So we don't just remain with Christ because we hope to be like him. Uh, we remain with Christ in hopes that we might be brought up into him, right? That's the hope of heaven. That's all I want. That's why I get up every day. I get up because I have the hope that someday I can be with the Father in heaven. And that goes beyond every other experience of my life. Every cross, every pain, every sin, every despair is smaller than the hope that I can be with the Father. And he allows us, I think, in these little ways when we go to prayer, when we go to the sacraments, when we're open and honest with our friends, uh, to have that foretaste of the life to come, to be seen and known and loved. That, that's the future. That's everything. Mm -hmm. And um, he's so patient with us. Yeah, I do note in our reading as well um, that uh, Jesus himself says that if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, I know there's lots of ways of misinterpreting this, um, but uh, that's what he's promising, isn't it, Father, what you were just talking about? He is. He is. He he sees us in our desires and wants us to be fulfilled. It's It's not like our life is trying to put the puzzle together to make it look like Jesus would want us to. It's God created me with a purpose and a desire and a hope, and it's the Lord revealing what's already true. And that looks like him being an intimate part of the smallest and the biggest hopes that we might pray for. And with him, we have the hope that those prayers will be answered. And then in our last couple minutes, Father, uh, the bearing fruit is part of the reading as well, that if we remain in Christ, we will bear much fruit. What What's Jesus talking about there? I think if we take a moment to just ask the question, who in your life has the sort of Christian joy that you wish you had, right? Have you ever had one of those friends who's just contagious to be around? Um, that's the sort of tangible fruit I think of. The world is a much better place if it's filled with those who choose love over hate. And um, for the most part, I would say the, the people in my life who most uh, powerfully bear fruit are those who go back to the well so often. They're the ones who are faithfully going to Mass and receiving the sacraments and prayer. Um, but then they just they do their work with a lightness and a hope. The, the friendship is not forced or difficult. It, it just seems so natural. And, and I think it spreads. One person says yes to the Lord, and, and that can't help but be caught by those that are around. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, I just see that Mark has called in from Alvin, Texas, and uh, Mark, uh, if Mark, if oh, I think we just lost him, but I think what I saw on his notes is that uh, he said, uh, "Go to mass or five minutes of prayer." Those are great ways of of uh, staying close to the Lord, and indeed, it is a, a great way of staying close to the Lord. Maybe, uh, Father, in the last uh, thirty seconds before we get your blessing here, if people can't make it to daily mass, what would you recommend? I would say gratitude's a powerful thing. So if if you can't, you know, join in live stream with your parish, I would say take a moment for gratitude. Right? Eucharist means Thanksgiving, and the closer we can stay to that gratitude, the more it can shake us out of our own despair. Ah, wonderful. Our spiritual director today has been Father Robert Blood from the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois. Father, as always, I'd like to close the show with a blessing, so if you would please. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Father, we ask your blessing on these, your children, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Come Robert please. Blood from the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, spiritual director at St. Edward High School in Elgin, Illinois, and talking about remaining in Christ. Hey, if you missed any part of the show and you'd like to go back and listen, remember, you can always download the podcast. Uh, it'll be up here very shortly. And so 
pray the rosary, change the world, and change your life. So just pray the rosary. That's a great way, too, of remaining in Christ. Dedicate yourself to that daily prayer of the rosary. We do have the Holy Sacrifice in the Mass coming up for you next with Father Rich Getchell from the Chapel of the Nativity there in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And we're grateful that you've joined us today on The Inner Life. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about life with the saints. That's what's coming up tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today, though. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.